Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Hard Knocks UT. Special guest this week, Jafari Juice Davis joining us. What's up, Juice? What's going on, man? How y'all doing? Good. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about this place you're at here? <laughs> well, I'm in a location called Knoxville Room Service. It's a liquor store slash cigar shop slash um, desserts, wine tasting, champagne tasting, bourbon tasting. I mean, whatever you want to get into. Um, you guys have been open, what, two years? It's two or three years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Uh, they do a lot of great things in here. Small business. I'm all about helping out small businesses in the community, man. You know, with COVID affecting a lot of us, even my business. So we got to lean on one another. And I always try to use my platform to uplift others and try to, you know, support people in the community that's doing a great job. As you guys know, people that follow me and my friends, I'm a bourbon guy and a cigar guy. I came in here a few weeks ago, showed them some love. It's like, hey, anything I can do to, you know, help you spread your business and get your name out there. So I decided to do the uh, podcast here, hang out for a little bit, sell some t-shirts. You guys see, I got the ice man dedicated to my goat, Casey Clausen, you know, top five dead or alive, you know, UT football history. So if anybody's interested ordering the uh, Casey Clausen ice, uh, the uh, ice man shirt, holler at me, send me a DM. I also got, you know, the Gala Killer shirts, you know, which I get, uh, get on the way. I know you just ordered one, Cody. Lorraine, if you want one, holler at me. Paul, if you want one, holler at me. Leland, Daniel, y'all want to represent, you know, your boy this weekend from the good old days, back when we was kicking Florida's ass, you know, uh, holler at your boy. So, you know, I got a good little thing going on right here. They, they will also be selling the VFL cigars. So I know a lot of people on uh, Twitter, you know, have been asking about the cigars and stuff. So they'll be selling those as well. But just a great spot, man. You know, just to hang out, kick back, get some uh, top shelf drinks, sit down for a little bit, talk some Tennessee. And she's a Tennessee alum. So it's all about one another. So just want to give that business promo out before we start talking Tennessee, Florida football. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the, getting the T-shirt to Eric there today. I'm, I'm ready to rep that down here in Gainesville. Um, all right. So we're going to start the show. Uh, everybody's kind of got a, a Juice Davis question. So we're going to go around. Uh, we got, um, I guess we'll go in order. Paul, D.R. Ball, Lowe, Leland, and uh, everybody's going to go around and give or ask you their Juice Davis question. VR ball. Daniel. Let me see. That's you to be calling Swain show. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Swain sheep, man. I love oh, okay. that. Like, what's up, man? Good to meet you. Good to meet you, man. So, All right, hit me, with, hit me with these questions. I'm ready. I got you. So, obviously, Florida's always been one of our better rivals. Uh, as a player, you know, we don't really understand this as fans, but as a player, kind of talk about the atmosphere they create in Gainesville. Obviously, it didn't bother you much from producing, but um, kind of the atmosphere that they create. 
Well, you know, played in the swamp, man, is one of the most hostile environments in football, period. You know, not just, uh, you know, SEC football, college football, but just in football, period. You know, I was blessed enough to play, you know, a year and a half in NFL football, played in a few stadiums and, uh, you know, been all over the country in the SEC playing in stadiums. But, you know, the swamp is is definitely the 12th man. Uh, it's, it's, it's a reason they call it the swamp. You know, it's it was built like in ground, so it's designed to keep all the noise inside of the stadium. And the fans are so close to the field, you're like ten, you're like ten feet away from the crowd, so you hear a lot of people dog cussing you, man. It is chaos on that field, so you got to be mentally focused just going into that environment. Uh, Florida uses that to their advantage. You know, they you, you know once you get that fan, that that big fan base into the game it can be very disruptive for a team. So, uh, you know, a game like this weekend, man, as a young guy playing in a big week, you know, big game this weekend, man, you got to have unbelievable focus. You got to focus on your assignment, focus on your job and find ways that you can win, you know, the game coming back to Knoxville. So uh, I would put the Swamp Man top five in the stadiums that I played in and one of the loudest. And, I, you know, people get mad when you say that it's louder than, than kneeling, but it's how the stadium is designed. You know what I'm saying? Kneeling stadium is, is spread it out wide. We got about 20, probably 15, 20 yards before you get to the sideline or get to the bleachers. But in the swamp, everybody's right on top. All right, Juice, I'm going to kind of bounce off Paul. We all know that Florida fans, they are the scabs of society. I mean, just the absolute worst people in the world. I'm sure if of the 12 apostles, Judas would have been a Florida fan. Um, what's the worst <laughs> interaction you've had uh, with a Florida fan? Because I, I know a Florida fan that does not like you. Uh, he remembers what you used to do. Um, you know, whether it be what they called you, what they did to you. And yeah. I asked a buddy of mine, he was, he's just a fan, obviously, but he went down to Florida. He had a cup of piss poured on him. And me, if we ever get good again and they're down like us, me and my overactive bladder is going down there. I'm slinging piss at people. So kind of go through what you went through. Man, it feels like over the last 10 years, a lot of people that I've experienced road rage with or had bad encounters at the grocery store or at the youth football field have always been Florida Gator fans, man. And it's sad because I'm like, damn. That dude want to be an asshole. Then I look at his car, it's a dang gator stick rolling. So usually the people that, I, you know, that I've gotten into it with over stupid stuff, just road rage stuff, people just being an asshole and just different environments and things like that have been Florida fans. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had a Florida gator neighbor and his dog would always take a crap in my yard. And this was before I even knew he was a gator fan. So, uh, you know, we had a few words. I didn't tell him who I was or anything like that, but he ended up moving probably three or four months after that. And uh, I was like, man, thank God he's gone. You know, typical Gator. I always run in his mouth. Well, never forget, like I told Swain uh, Monday, they did support Aaron Hernandez. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was What's a good question. Up, Juice? What's up? I have a question. So, 
every a, a lot of what I heard about in like the preseason and leading up to this season was how many people we lost to the transfer portal um, and all of that. So I wanted to hear your opinion on some of the pros and cons with the transfer portal and how you think it affected the team this year. Overall, was it a good thing that we lost to those people? Maybe they weren't committed or do you think that we fared out badly with this team this year? Just kind of your take. Well, Tennessee is a program like Inky Johnson said, I mean, we ain't taking the back seat for nobody. You know, if you don't want to be here, then we ain't going to beg you to be here. You know, if you want to go somewhere else and get a shot play, go ahead and go. You know, the university uh, is it be a successful brand either way. You know, the pros and cons of leaving, during this time and era and in the culture of college football, you know, can be a gift and a curse. If anybody's unhappy, you know, you're not getting along with your coaches or you're not playing the position that you were recruited to play, then you need to start thinking about some other options. You know, sometimes change is really good for a player. Uh, sometimes, you know, a player and a coach will not click like they need to. You know, my senior year, I get hurt a lot uh, with a hamstring issue and you know me and my running back coach we're not getting along at, at University of Tennessee so you know football is an emotional game and you want to be happy if you're happy if you you know have a good connection with your head coach and your running back coach you know you're going to play really good so uh that's very important so I'm, I'm all for guys being genuinely happy uh you're going somewhere else and if they're unhappy the, the cons about it is you know, it's, it's just, you know, we're just living in a different time. I do think as a freshman, you know, you have to go through that transition as a freshman. You know, you got to understand what it's like not being a big dog. You know, a lot of these guys have had everything their way from youth football, middle school football to high school. Then all of a sudden you get to college, you got a red shirt or you got to sit back for a while and, you know, and be a practice player and learn the game mentally, it's nothing wrong with that. You know, one of my biggest blessings as a freshman was learning the game mentally and how to be a professional on and off the field. And Travis Stevens taught me that. You know, I was talented enough to be a starter, I felt, but, you know, I wasn't mature uh, like I needed to be. But, you know, Travis had won a national championship. He learned from Jamal Lewis. He learned from Travis Henry. So when I was a freshman, you know, I really learned how to practice the game of football. I was always getting away just by being the biggest, the fastest, and the strongest guy on the field. But Travis really taught me how to be a great practice player, you know. And I would have never got those opportunities if I didn't sit back and let this guy become an All-American and let him teach me the game that I needed to learn mentally. So um, a lot of guys miss out on that because you're so used to playing, so used to being a star, but patience – um, is is very rewarding and, and learning the game mentally and, you know, taking a lot of notes that can help you in the next three or four years. So kids need to fall back on that. You know, your freshman year is always a learning year. Now year three, if you're not getting any quality playing time, if you're not competing with the ones and with the twos, then, it's, you know, then you need to start thinking about, uh, you know, what are my options? Should I stay or should I leave? I love that answer. And, uh... I think that that just shows kind of where your culture and your generation's mindset was. And I think we kind of need to get back to that and shift back to that. But thank you. And I'll go ahead and turn it over to Leland. Hey, Juice, what's up? Um, 
I've Ugh. watched your I've watched your career. Um, one team. I wanted to talk about that team for a minute. That was your freshman year, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. That that team is special to me in a variety of ways. For one, um, that was like the first year my papaw started taking me to games. And I, I, I've been to games before. The earliest game I ever remember going to was the Sterner fumble. Uh, off my memory, I don't remember going to any Peyton games. Um, but the first year, full year, was the 01 game. And that, that, I was in middle school, so I went from watching cartoons to really watching sports, sports center. Like, I was all into it. Forget the cartoons, forget the Rugrats. I was all into the, into the football, right? So yeah. that, that 01 team is one of my favorite teams. The Florida win is um, yeah, – if not, I put the – go ahead. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. You know, that Florida game was – you know, that's so emotional because, you know, that was the weekend uh, where we were originally supposed to play Florida that 9-11 weekend. Yeah. And they put it back to December. So I'm going to let you finish. Um, if I had to put a list together of the greatest games and not including the Natty because that was that's totally different, maybe just regular season games, I would have that Florida game as number one. So many storylines story going into that game where you're 18-point underdogs. The media just licked Grossman's butt. I'm going to keep it kind of PG, but um, all year long, they love Florida, high flying. Like, they didn't give us a chance. Um, that Florida win, I, I just love that Florida win. Now, I'm not going to talk about the next week too much, but I do want to say uh, I do remember crying myself to sleep uh, the next week when we – whatever happened to LSU. But um, I want you to uh, – I want to get your opinion on that Miami team. Um, Nebraska went in place of us, and they got their booty spanked. Um, I'm not saying we would have won. I consider that Miami team as a top five, top three all-time team. Uh, I feel like we had a, a ton of talent. Do you think we would have gave them a game? I just want to get your thoughts on that. On that, Man, we matched up with Miami that, you know, quote-unquote, the greatest college football team ever in all time, better than anybody, in my opinion. Uh you got to understand on that 2001 team, man, we had so many guys that were part of that national championship in 1998. Uh, that leadership was unbelievable. Uh, like I just told you guys, the mental mindset of that team was on a whole nother level. What I learned from those guys has helped me, even in, you know, being a father, being a man, you know, as my football days have been over. But when it comes to that Miami team, you know, if you look at us versus them and what we had that year going against that Miami team, man, we matched up better than anybody in the country. Uh, we had a young Jason Witten. We had Kelly Washington, who was a Playboy All-American, first year of football in six or seven years. Dante Stallworth had just came back. You know, he was a first-round draft pick from that season. John Henderson, returning Outland Trophy winner. Casey Clawson, you know, undefeated on the road, the Iceman. Travis Stevens, All-American. Uh, Albert Hainsworth, first rounder off that season. Will Overstreet, you know, NFL player, DN. 
Dominique Stevenson, Eddie Moore, Jabari Greer, Andre Lott, versus Clint Portis, Dorsey, Andre Johnson, Vince Wilford, Antrell Rose, Sean Taylor, all those guys. And if you look at the NFL talent, it's about even, man. It's about even. So I definitely think that would have been a game, you know, of the ages, a, a big heavyweight fight. Still have nightmares about that LSU game. I thought I was going to win me another national championship, you know, my, my freshman year. But, you know, pound for pound, man, we were more prepared and, uh, and, and sized up better than any other college football team in the country when it came to facing that historic Miami Hurricane team. I wanted to ask you about this fan theory that was uh, – it's, it's basically just a message board, um, just, a, just a fun rumor. So, apparently, um, in the SEC championship game that year, there was uh, – Rohan Davey got hurt, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a fan theory out there that Rohan Davey's mom put a hex on <laughs> UT for, like, 10 years. Apparently, apparently, it's supposed to last for 10 years. Well, now it's rolling in on 20 – <laughs> and, and, and it looks like we still can't do shit. So I wanted to know if you ever heard of that. And do you believe in hexes, I guess? <laughs> I've heard of that. But I know, you know, those people from Louisiana, man, they be doing all that Ouija board stuff. <laughs> doing all that voodoo stuff. So you never yeah. know what could be true, you know, what is 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 not true. But I never heard that. That was the first time I ever heard that, man. So that's a gotcha. good one. Gotcha. I just so wanted I got- to run that past you. <laughs> That was a that was a really good question though. Appreciate really it. good question. All right, Juice. There's a there's been a tweet I've seen a couple times on my timeline today, and it's asking for people to give their top five balls of all time. So, right here on the spot, I want I want to hear your top five all time balls. Uh, this is no order. <laughs> Like, you know how the recruits do it. I'm going to name my top five, no order. Uh, Casey Clawson, because of his swag, his leadership, his will to win, uh, you know, just being an awesome teammate. Put him in there. I'm going to throw a curveball at y'all. Aaron Sears. Aaron Sears. You can ask Jason Swain about this. Aaron Swiss, Aaron Sears is probably the best football player I ever played with. Aaron Sears was offensive lineman, uh, came in 03 and started immediately uh, from Russellville, Alabama, could play every position on the offensive line. Destroyed All-American, All-SEC David Pollock as a true freshman. Played in the NFL for a couple of years, unfortunately. Uh, had a really bad concussion. Uh, he's been in a uh, hospital for the last couple of years. Just, just a sad situation going on with him. Uh, uh, but Aaron Sears, Travis Stevens, because all the things I've learned from him, you know what I'm saying? Just watching that guy put on an a all-American year and, and not being the biggest, not being the most athletic, just, you know, 5'8", but in his heart, he was 6'5", 250. You know what I'm saying? Just everything I learned from that guy, just just a big man. 
just, uh, just a big mentor. Uh, so a lot of the guys I'm going to name are guys that I played with. Uh, Jamal Lewis, because he was heavily influential for me as a young running back growing up in the city of Atlanta. Uh, watching Jamal play at Tennessee, you know, I was like you guys. I was a fan. I saw myself in him. You know, I hey, I can do this one day. I don't know if I could do it at that level, but, you know, I can do it one day. And that motivated me. Uh, you know, he has been a, like a big brother to me, even when I was in high school. And even now, we still talk every three or four months, just checking in on one another. Um, and my last guy would probably be... Uh, I would probably say Kelly Washington, Kelly Washington, because of, uh, I mean, it was just fun playing with Kelly. You know, Kelly was a grown ass man and we was in high school <laughs> still, you know? So when Kelly got to UT, he was like 24, 25. He was already a professional baseball athlete. Um, so, you know, he, he acted that way. You know, he had cars, he had money. He was flashy. He talked to talk, walked to walk. But what people didn't realize, man, Kelly worked his ass off. You know, he was that first to come to practice, last leave, dominated in the weight room, and just a, you know, just all around professional athlete. And it really taught me a lot about work ethic and busting my ass in the offseason. You know, I wanted to be a copycat of him because I saw his physique and I saw how strong he was, athletic he was. So me and him would work out. Um, a lot during the off season, um, you know, just learning a lot from him, man, just how to carry yourself on and off the field and what you put in the off season is what you get in the fall. So guys, you know, that, that top five is, is, is just guys that were just influential that not just my favorite players, but guys that hit me in the soul and just made me want to be a better person. A heck of a five man squad. Um, Appreciate all right, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and switch gears now and we'll we'll get on to this Florida game we got coming up. So uh, open open is a 20 and a half point spread. It's it's already down to 18 and a half and I think it'll probably drop a couple more points between now and game time. Um, what do you what's some of the uh, keys you guys think Tennessee needs to beat Florida this weekend? I'm assuming we're starting in the same order. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think one of the biggest keys for us to actually have a chance to come away with a victory for the first time since uh, Juice was starting to run back for us in the swamp would have to be whoever's starting at quarterback has to play a near perfect game. I don't think we can go down and have those same fumbles we had on our side of the field. I think the field position game is going to be a humongous, humongous stat in the juncture of this game when it gets down to it. And I also think as well as Florida runs the ball, it's going to have to – our defensive line is going to have to play the best game that they've played all year for us to come away with a victory in the Swamp. And – but, I mean, I'm predicting Hendon Hooker to start just because we don't know how Joe's health is. And Hendon pre played pretty well last year. I know it was Tennessee Tech, and anything other than pretty well would be a pretty disappointing performance. But he did what he had to do to show that he belonged in this offense. So – uh, limit turnovers, win the field position battle, and defensive line has to play their best game. Well, Paul kind of took what I was going to say. Uh, 
Dan Harrelson put out a tweet with a stat, um, and I, I've written it down. He said 13 straight games of 400-plus total yards for the first time in the last 40 years. Florida has at least seven straight 400-yard outings against SEC teams for the first time in school history. Currently, the streak is at 10 games. I mean, honestly, it just sounds like we're just going to have to outscore them. You know, if we get in a scoring match, it's going to be one of those games where you just last man scoring or last man standing wins with the scoring. And I've heard a lot of people talk this week as far as the quarterback. You kind of want the person with the most upside, which is Joe Milton, out there starting. Juice, what do you think about that as far as who should be starting this week against Florida? Because obviously they're going to out-talent us. Well, I think Milton still gives our best opportunity to win. Um, I think from the first game, you know, the biggest issue wasn't accuracy. It was, you know, footwork and it was, uh, him, uh, you know, being flat footed in the pocket and just really playing like a seven on seven quarterback, not an SEC football quarterback, but he fixed that up, cleaned that up a little bit. Second game, his footwork was a lot better but the accuracy was off. So I was excited to see what the third game was going to show us. Clean footwork, better accuracy, you know, so it could give us some confidence going into Florida, but they decided to sit him out. But uh, if you look at um, his experience, you know, playing at a big school and playing in a few big games, um, if he can control the deep ball um, and if he can, you know, just really do what, we asked them to do. I do think that game is going to come down to a lot of, you know, big time running backs. Um, who's going to be that running back that's going to step up traditionally? If you look at the game, it's always come down to the trenches, man. You know what I'm saying? So we got to take control on the offensive line, on the defensive line. Who's going to be that running back that's going to step up and make their regular name into a legendary name? You know, who's going to, hey, I'm not going to be denied. Give me the football. 2003, I stepped up. 2001, Travis Stevens put on a damn clinic for ages. I learned from that. You know, so you got to figure out, hey, I want to be the man in this game. I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get on that plane and come back to Knoxville and um, celebrate with a victory. So bouncing off of what Juice and DR were just talking about in terms of starting quarterbacks for Florida, I think we're at the point in this season where it's like, are we trying to develop the guy who would be the biggest weapon moving forward? Or are we trying to win this game? Um, I'm all about winning. And based on what I've seen, I think both guys should get a lot of playing time, both Milton and Hooker. The reason why I say that, a lot of people don't like swapping quarterbacks in and out. But I think both of them have excellent capabilities and strengths. And I'm, I'm all about winning. I don't care what we have to do in terms of play calls, swapping people in and out, um, you know, confusing Florida as much as we can. I think both guys should see the field unless one of them is just perform. Whoever starts, we still, I guess, don't know. Um, yeah. Whoever starts is having like a phenomenal game, I wouldn't disrupt the chemistry. But if it's kind of iffy, 
I think we should play to win right now in terms of like later on, if we are playing to actually really develop, develop somebody Milton's arm, if he developed that, I mean, he would be one of the biggest weapons possible if he could hit the deep ball. So as of right now, it's Florida week, hate Florida week. I say, let's go all out and try to win, pull all the stops, creative play calls. Um, and I guess just special teams is going to probably have to come up with some big plays. Defense is going to have to play phenomenal. Quarterback leadership will be huge. And I think Tyon Evans has to have like a big game uh, in order for any of this to really come to heart. But it still can. Uh, I think anything's possibility. And that's my kind of take on the whole quarterback situation. So whoever's next can go ahead. Um. I said when Hoppel was hired that um, if you can score points and develop a quarterback, then you got a chance. Um, Pruitt obviously couldn't do either. Um, I, I'm reading a stat right here by Dan Harrelson. Uh, Hoppel's teams have scored 30-plus points 36 times out of 39. His teams are 30-6 and six when scoring 30-plus. Now, here, here's my predict. I, I guess we'll wait on the predictions. But um, – if we can score a lot of points, you always have a chance no matter what. My issue is, and I've seen this a thousand times down in, down in the swamp, the first couple drives, you, you make mistakes, you throw picks, you fumble the ball. The Peterman a year uh, rings a bell. Um, uh, the year that we had Dormady, the whole um, Butch Jones last year, Hail Mary, Felipe Franks thing, we were down, came back. You got to start fast. The first drive or two is really going to depend on if how the rest of the game is going to go, I think. Um, I think you got to go with Hooker in this game. Milton, uh, his status is uh, apparently up in the air with injuries. Go with Hooker. Ride with the guy who you basically probably probably prepared last week. Um, yes. I, I, I truly hope that it's hiding some stuff in the first three games, even even in the pit game, I, I really hope he is hiding stuff from Florida. Um, Florida yeah. doesn't scare me from a passing uh, perspective, uh, although Emory Jones, I'm looking at their box score against Alabama. He he was 18 to 28 for 195. That's pretty dang good for a non-thrower type. Um, looks like his their receivers. He spread the ball around. Um, we need we need two turnovers. I'm calling it now. We need two turnovers from them. It, we have to be plus two in the in the turnover battle. Can't settle for field goals, and because uh, if they're scoring touchdowns, we're scoring field goals. Obviously, that's the recipe for a disaster. Um, start fast. Um, I, I think the defense will be okay. I just uh, maybe we can slow them down a little bit. I don't know. Juice, you got any keys for Tennessee on the Florida game? And then I'm going to dive into some stats I've got here. I got, a, I got a gang of keys. Number one, the key to being Florida. First thing you got to do, you got to shut that dumbass crowd up. You got to strike first, and you got to get the crowd out of the game because we're not that great of a football team. The, the stadium is loud. We don't need to have any stupid penalties where we're jumping off sides, where we can't communicate, where we're being undisciplined. So that's the first thing you got to do. Number two, you got to control the line of scrimmage. You know, 
it always comes down to the running game. If you look at the traditional uh, phases of the game, man, uh, number three, I would say catch the damn football. <laughs> wide receiver. <laughs> you know, we got talent at the wide receiver position. Somebody has got to step up. I've been disappointed with Jalen Hyde over the last couple of games, man. We all know he's all SEC tight wide out. He's got to get open. He's got to high point the football. He's got to run his good, you know, he's got to run routes and he got he has to use his 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 speed and his size when needed. He's got to step up in games like this. Uh another big key, we gotta have a really good pass rush, man. We gotta have a really good pass rush. Somebody has got to step up and create chaos in that pocket for that guy. If it's Tyler Barron, if it's somebody else, I want to see a really good pass rush. Linebackers, we got to tackle, and we cannot get lost in coverage and lost on third downs. As you guys know, watching Tennessee football over the last couple of years, on third downs, we're always lost. We're confused. It's always a drag route. It's a running back wheel route. It's a little double move in the middle of the field that we cannot cover. It can be third and 50, and they get a damn first down. So we got to contain that, and we got to stop that. And, uh, you know, linebackers have got to be able to run sideline to sideline and got to be able to make tackles. Jeremy Banks, whoever it is, man, you know Florida likes to get to the perimeter. You know, you got to be able to tackle the football, man. And 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 in, and in our secondary, I love what Theo Jackson is doing. He's stepping up, making a lot of big-time plays. That's our, you know, that's our that's, that's our engine right now on on defense. I think he'll have a solid game. Got to make sure that on the other side of the field, playing corner and that secondary, that we're playing disciplined football, that we're not guessing, that we're not leading the open, you know, a lot of open spots in the middle of the field. Everybody do their job, and if we can do that, man, offensively and defensively, I think we'll be okay. But the key to it, you got to strike first. Put them on their heels, shut that crowd up, uh, you know, capitalize off a short field, win on first down, win on third down, win in the red zone, win on goal line situations. You cannot have what happened last couple of weeks or what happened against uh, Pittsburgh where you, you know, first and goal and you get the ball back 20, 30 yards. You know, shit like that will come and kill you. During this during this game, you know you can't win this game with with, with field goals, man. You got to score points, big points. And uh, defensively, you know Florida runs that four two five defense, that nickel defense. So it's gonna be a lot of hole shots. You know, if you look at the Alabama game, I watched their film uh, today. That running back, Ty, uh, Evans, small. You know, this is a you know this could be a breakout game for them. On second and third down, man, those little swing passes, those little option routes, they're going to be open. You know, they got five guys in that secondary until you make them respect the run. You know, that's the reason a back has got to step up and pound it. You know, make them afraid of you. Make them take that safety and, you know, and get seven in the box. So now you can put Jalen Hyatt on a one-on-one -on -one matchup and you don't have those two or three safeties over the top. Get them out of that nickel, that that nickel defense, you know, let them play a traditional three, four. So, uh, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion, what we got to do. Uh, if I was coaching, we would win. <laughs> <laughs>
This isn't NCAA 14, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, I'm hey, hey, we're just talking football, man. And, you know, these coaches get got to coach to win. Can't be passive. Can't be scared. If I see us get into shotgun at the goal line, I'm coming through the screen, man. I'm coming through the screen, and I'm just gonna, man. I'm, I'm whoever next to me during the game gonna get slapped. So I'm, I, I can't take that no more. Like you gotta get physical, <laughs> get physical. Stop that crap. Get physical. Score points. Get D back with big ass off the sideline. Put them in the game. Let them dive over the top. Line in a power eye. Whatever we gotta do, you know. Uh, Jacob Warren, get him involved. He's been he's been balling these last couple of games, man. When was the last time we used a tight end? You know, we always had a, a good, successful tight end that we needed to use. I like what we're seeing out of the tight end, getting him the football. You know, you got to coach to win. I don't give a damn what you got to do. If you got to change positions, if you got to have your best players playing both ways, whatever you got to do, you got to coach to win coach to win this game man i know we're you know it's it's hard for us over these last 10 12 years by this game by not being a big rivalry how it was and it's sad guys like me man we hate that shit i hate it you know i hate telling my kids that you know going into this game we're a 20 30 point underdog you know no 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 confidence at all give these guys an opportunity to win something and let's change the culture of this program you know, this win could be dynamic. This These guys ain't never seen Knoxville. Half of y'all on this podcast, y'all ain't seen Knoxville for real. Y'all don't know what it's like, you know, when you beat Florida. I, I know what it's like. <laughs> I know what it's like going on that strip. I know what it's like that week in Knoxville when you ain't got to pay for nothing. <laughs> 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 you free stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what that feeling is like. That's what y'all got to experience. And these kids got to experience what I had, you know? And and I don't know if it's this weekend or next year, whatever, but, you know, we got to build some type of confidence and come out in a damn street fight. You know, that's what it's going to be. Make it competitive. Everybody do their job. Somebody step the hell up and make a damn play. So, like, it's it's... Man, I wish I was in the locker room or something on the sideline. <laughs> I need to do something to get them boys fired up, man. It's just, man, you can't get caught up in this shit. You already know they're going to gator jump you. They're going to throw ice. They're going to throw piss. They're going to throw hot dogs. They're going to throw peanuts. They're going to try to get yourself out of the game. That's what they do. It is a hostile environment, but you got to be focused on your assignments. You got to come there with a mission to execute and to kill. And then go back to Knoxville. We're going to go to the strip. We're going to party. We're going to drink. We're going to dance. We're going to get Lorraine to buy some drinks. And then we're going to hang out. She's going to have me ready to run through a wall in a minute. Same here. Yeah, I'm, I'm already there. All right. So we talked last week on the show about uh, lack of uh, turnovers and interceptions leading leading into the Tennessee Tech game. And we said uh, that if there was a game where, where we needed to get some, it was last week because we checked the stats. Tennessee Tech's quarterbacks have thrown for, for, I think, three or four interceptions. Well, they threw for four more against us. 
And uh, I think sometimes that can kind of be like a muscle memory thing. You know, uh, people will say, oh, you got four interceptions, but it was against lower lower level opponents. But I think for a secondary player, that can almost become like a muscle memory thing. You get that first interception against a, a lower level team and that'll that'll feed on because you, you, you get that want to jump you jump the uh, the wide receiver, so I think that can feed in because uh, Florida has thrown five five interceptions this year, um, so they've actually thrown more than Tennessee Tech had going into last week. Um, so I started digging into that. Um, they have thrown for six hundred and fifty one yards. Two hundred of that is to Jacob Copeland. So if you can force them to throw and shut Jacob Copeland down. Their passing yards drops to 450 yards on 58 interceptions. That's seven yards a catch. So um, that would be my key, uh, force Florida to throw and shut down Jacob Copeland. Because right now he's, you know, their main target for sure. Uh, I got a buddy that lives in Jacksonville, big Florida guy. uh, His name's James. And he told me that, Florida's secondary was trash like a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's, it shows. Um, so I think we need to throw the ball. I think we need to, uh, we need to hit some of our big guys. Uh, I know I complained the first game about all the passes were to Cedric Tillman. And then it felt like the second game, all the passes were to Hyatt till he got hurt. Uh, we need to spread the ball around. We need to spread the ball around, and we need to shut down the we shut down Florida's run game, um, and shut down Jacob Copeland because that's anytime it goes in the air, it seems like it's to Jacob Copeland for Florida. So with that, I guess we'll just go to open discussion. What do you guys want to talk about? I just want to say this: I wrote that article in ATB. I don't know if y'all looked at it, but Jimmy Callaway is one of the most underrated receivers we have in this room. He has the speed. He has the finesse. He knows how to move with the football. So I'm going to kind of feed off what you said, uh, Cody. We got to spread the ball around to receivers other than Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. I mean, Javante Payton, the transfer, he had his first touchdown as a ball last week. He's an excellent route runner. Uh, Juice said it earlier with the tight ends. You know, you got Jacob Warren as well as uh, – God, what's the other tight end's name? Oh, my God. Fant. Um, and we just need to see everybody together. I think a lot of times when we go into these kind of environments, we'll have a play where maybe – I don't want to use the old quarterback's name, but the old quarterback would do a stupid play, and then everybody's kind of just in their groups again. We need to come together as one team. We're on the road. It's us against the world. Nobody's expecting you to win this game unless you're a Tennessee fan, you know, obviously we we all wear orange glasses leading up to kickoff. We're all like, hell yeah, ball's by 50. But honestly, if you're not a Tennessee fan, the media doesn't expect you to win. Nobody in that stadium wearing blue expects you to win. Go out and show, if you're a hypo, go out and show that you actually are back to competing against the big three. We've not competed against Georgia, Florida, and Alabama in like five years. It's been since about 2016 since we've competed with either of those teams. Show them that Maybe you're not ready to start winning those games, but show them that you're ready to compete with at least at least hang around and you know make it a game in the fourth quarter. That's that's my biggest goal. I'm not one for moral victories, but let's coach to win. Let's play to win for once. 
Uh, I'm going to bounce off that a little bit. Um, you know, you're talking about Paul, like the last five years, there was a stat put out last 10 years where 0 and 10 against Bama, one and nine against Florida and two and eight versus Georgia. And since we got juice on here, man, I love talking to former players. They have a different uh, mindset and uh, outlook on it. What was your outlook when y'all were underdog as yeah. compared like if you're Florida, knowing you're, you're the odds on favorite when you're going in to play somebody? Being an underdog? Yeah. Did you man, prefer? Man, we ain't worried about that crap. <laughs> <laughs> man, Good job, We ain't worried about what the media say and what Vegas says and what Lee Corso says. To hell with all them. We worried about what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? If you get caught up in that, then you're in the wrong lane. You got to focus on your lane. And that's to win this football game and you do your job. So, you know, we didn't get caught up in all that. You know, we would read it. You know, you will see it on ESPN. And the thing about these late games, you know, that's the that's the good thing about playing in a late game. It's just fueling you because all you're going to see is negativity about Tennessee. You know, 2001, that's all we saw, negativity. Lee Corso saying this, saying that, underdogs. We just sitting there smiling. We just sitting there laughing. We just sitting there. Okay, wait to kick off. All right, all right. You didn't keep talking trash, y'all. Saying this, saying that. Wait to kick off. Start. Just wait you, to you, kick off. Juice, you. you telling you telling me you never ever kept a newspaper clipping in your locker or some kind of? No, uh, I didn't. Never? I mean, I no for what? I well, mean, I mean, you, you hear I mean, that I would stuff see it. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we would see something if it was about about the team you know what i'm saying but other than that i wasn't gonna i mean i'm not worried about that that's just part of football somebody always gonna talk trash and and say this and say that so it's just a mental note just to have in your head okay you know i love being being doubted you know that's gonna make me work harder in practice it's gonna make me come out and want to bust that ass even harder and you know, make a statement this game, you know, instead of juke out, or, you know, I'm going to try to purposely hurt you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm on, I'm on, I want you to get hurt. I want you to feel what I'm bringing. So, you know, that's, that's, that's just part of the mental part of football, but I didn't get caught up in all that. I let the media do all that, let the writers do all that. And at the end, we would be sitting there with the biggest smile on our face and telling them, hey, look at that scoreboard, man. Look at that scoreboard. It's all the amount. Not stats, not none of it. It's, so, all dude, about, it's all about who win the game in the end, baby. Juice, I had a question about how you think uh, Tyon and Jabari have been playing so far in this season. I know I can't, we kind of asked you I think they, more questions. I think they've solid. You know, uh, I think they were pretty uh, – Pretty impressive that first game. That was against Bowling Green. Um, they showed flashes of them uh, that they could be really special. Um, second game, I wanted to see more from the Pittsburgh game, but uh, I didn't really see a lot that I wanted to see in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, didn't Small get hurt that game? Or something? Yeah, Tyon was out okay. with COVID, and then Jabari left in the set. Didn't even play the second yeah, half. See, yeah, see, you know, that's my only question mark with him. Can he 
be a back that can run 25, 30 carries a game? Is he built for that? You know, him not being the biggest, uh, we're still missing that big back. You know, we're still missing that big bruiser, uh, which I thought we were going to get with T. Hodge. You know, T. Hodge is one of my, you know, one of my trainees. I worked with T. Hodge since he was an eighth grader. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, everything didn't work out at UT and he's going to move on and still be a great football player. But I thought we were going to get that out of T. Hodge. And you're looking at the offense and they're like, damn, man, we need a big back. You know, smallest, you know, he's going to be productive. Uh, Evans will be productive, but still missing that, you know, that big back. So hopefully I can see something this weekend that can blow my mind. I'm you not know, I want to see a, a big game um, out of those running backs. Because like I said, if you look at uh, this rivalry over the last 10 to 15 years, it's all about trenches and it's all about the running backs so you know you got to make them fear to run an attack uh you got to pound the, you know you got to pound those gators and if you could pound those gators and get all those guys in the box now you create some mismatches on the outside you know what i'm saying so you can get hyatt on a double move uh where you know we don't have to worry about that cover two that cover three defense with those safety sitting over the top so that's what we got to do but offensive line is going to control that you know, so we got to step up offensive line. Is in for a war this weekend, but this is why you come to Tennessee, right? K Mays, this is why you came to Tennessee for games like this. This is where you make your money at. You know, you're going to be a draft pick uh, next year. And if you want to get paid, if you want to put yourself in those first three or four rounds, you come out here and you kick ass this weekend. And, you know, you make your, you know, you make yourself known this weekend that you're one of the best offensive linemen in the country. So that's what I want to see. I just want to see us step up and just live to all of the hype and live to what this game is about, man. You know, this game is, 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 is very, you know, deep when it comes to, you know, the SEC and what it represents as far as moving forward. I mean, if you beat Florida, you can write your own ticket to Atlanta going to the SEC championship. So I know we're not there yet, but, you know, you never know what can happen. I'm never going to turn my back on my university um, because I know football, anything could change. I know Alabama could come out one weekend and almost beat Bama and then come out the next weekend and and be upset by, you know, a mediocre football team. So uh, you never know what could happen when we all play together and we all play Tennessee football. I uh, I just wanted to follow up kind of with what Jesus was saying. I really like that in terms of not paying attention to the media and stuff. I feel like players have a really hard time with that now. Every, it seems like every, it's in everyone's face. Everyone's talking about this and that. They're on social media. It's all amplified now. But I found this like actually this stat was super shocking to me that anytime Florida was favored by more than 14 against Tennessee, they have never covered the spread, not once, out of every team that Tennessee has put out there. And Florida has been favored by more than they are this week. And they have never covered the spread when they're more than 14, like to win the ball game. So I do like what Juice was saying about don't pay much mind to that. And just go out and play the game and worry about that game and not about what everyone else is saying. I mean, screw them, right? Like, 
they aren't there. They aren't playing. Uh, they don't have a dog in the race. So I really like to, I like to hear that. And I just hope that like in the locker room, that's something that I would really, I wish I was like present so I could see how it was, but I hope that that type of mentality and more old school traditional stuff, not worrying about things like juices talking about, I think that really needs to be brought back. Like social media is getting toxic. Um, I mean, there's just all kinds of. Well, you get more guys, you know, see, think about social media, man. You got guys that care more about followers. Yeah. They care more about uh, their brand than they are coming out and changing the culture of this program, you know, and that is everybody's fault. It's the coach's fault, fans' fault. I see those players all the time on social media and you guys follow them. Hey, if you give me, yep. if you give me the 5k, uh, I'll come take a visit, man. We ain't begging you to come up here. If you want to come up here, come up here. You know, why is your mind on that? If you go out and if you beat Florida and if you have a career game, the followers will come young man. <laughs> you can make yourself a house. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's just the culture of where we are with young adults right now. You know, everybody wants attention. And, you know, they don't want to earn the attention. They just want it, you know, it's that what they call it, a microwave mentality. You just want those quick, instant <laughs> lights and without putting in the, you know, the hard work form and, and this and that. So, you know, those are the type of kids that we're dealing with. Uh, I mentioned some. I mentioned something the other day to some fans and some friends of mine, and and like um, it always seems like everybody else gets to beat somebody that they're not supposed to. You look around the country, you know, you got upsets. This is one of the craziest starts to the college football season that uh, I remember in a long time. And it's, um, I mean, look at Arkansas. Arkansas has some ogre-looking dude. Uh, Sam Pittman taking over that program and they're going to give Texas A&M a run. They just beat down Texas. Like, why can't we do that? Like, it's our time. Like, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily pick us to win, but <laughs> why, why can't it be, why exactly. can't it be our time to go down there? We've <laughs> never, we've won. I think Casey, the two wins in Casey was the only wins we've had in Gainesville recently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so backs against, backs against the wall. Here. You know, my junior year, that 2003 year, that, that was the last year. That was yeah. 2003. What were you doing? What were you guys doing in 2003? I don't even know uh, if I was eating, like, actual meals yet. I think I was still eating Gerber bottles and shit, so. I, during this whole long losing streak and, and whatever it is now, 14 out of 15 or whatever it is, I mentioned to somebody the other day, I said, you know, if we had even average quarterback play or average coaching – that we would have won some of these matchups, the Treon Harris game, the, um, the Felipe Franks game. Like, like why can't we go down there and put 40 on their ass and walk out of the stadium like bosses and, and, and start this hopple, hopple regime? Like, you know, why can't it be us? That's all, that's all yeah. I'm saying. We've been patient, man. We deserve it, man. Why can't it be us? It's the same thing I've been saying, you know, We've been patient for so long, every year. Everybody's saying we got to rebuild. 
we got to rebuild. We got to do this. We got to do that. So I definitely feel you, Leland. You know, I'm, I've been waiting on it. You know, 2016, that was the last year I was fired up after the game, hanging out, talking trash, talking to all my, my old Florida Gator uh, rivalry buddies and things like that. So we, you know, we definitely deserved it, those, those moments. Anybody else got anything real quick? We got nine minutes left, and uh, then we'll just uh, catch some predictions and get on out of here. Uh, I don't think we have enough time to do another question and prediction, so we better go ahead and just start with them. All right, we'll go same lineup. Let's get everybody's predictions for this weekend, Saturday, against the Gators. Now, I'm not betting a Tennessee win. I took the over, but with my orange shades on, I'm going to go – 38-36, Tennessee wins in a close one. Uh, McGrath nails a 48-yarder as time expires, and we walk out of Gainesville 3-1. and one. Well, hell, after listening to Juice talk, I say we whooped their ass 52 to nothing. But uh, <laughs> I, I did I, – I learned my lesson from last year. I put money on Florida to cover last year, and I lost my ass on it. But I did bet the over, and – Take my orange glasses off. I'm going to say Florida 45, Tennessee 32. Ain't bad. Um, my – I also bet – I bet the over with you guys. Um, I felt like that was pretty safe. I wasn't going to jinx anything. But my final official score is 38-27, Florida. But my orange glasses score, especially after Juice talking this whole podcast – 31-28 Vols orange glasses score. So. Uh, for me, well, let me just announce this a little quick. Um, I think me and DR, we're in a little uh, group. He ha He's coming in for the Ole Miss game. I think we should all try to do one big massive tailgate for Ole Miss. Juice, I want you to come. Uh, bring some of your football yeah, buddies. Go ahead. Let me cut you off. We're, we're doing an uh, event for Ole Miss game, so we'll definitely – get involved. I got a lot of guys coming to town for that game. We're going to uh, okay. do something after the game at Billy Ratliff's uh, new restaurant over in Powell. So I'll keep y'all updated on that. Awesome. Yeah, Ole Miss sounds good. I'm really hoping that game is like a seven so we can have all day to get, get drunk and wasted. But um, <laughs> so, so I'm picking, uh, I'm picking Tennessee to cover. I think that's easy money. Um but I, I can't, I can't, I told somebody I, a couple podcasts ago, I said, till the day I die, I'll never pick Tennessee to beat Florida again. I don't care if they're rolling out middle schoolers and we have, you know, all-stars out there. I will never pick them because I don't want to get bit in the ass. So I'll, I'll go, I think we'll score a lot though. I really do think we're going to score a lot of points. I, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 35 to 45. I think it's close within um within five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter they they get something some kind of bullshit called out they always do down there and they'll 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 kick a field goal or score to make it 10 points but that's my prediction i've got it florida 35 tennessee 24 i got us uh got us losing down there in the swamp i do have an orange glasses prediction of uh florida 21 tennessee 22 um Ooh. where you know people's just we're running the ball good. We run the clock out. We get a couple turnovers, turn Florida's turnovers into, you know, 
seven, eight minute drives. So I'll have a damn stroke. <laughs> if Hop only scores 22 and he wins, we should fire his ass. Okay. That's my opinion. There you go. There you go. Do what you hey. came to do. Remember in 2009, Lane Kiffin held the ball for like 35 minutes against Alabama and we almost beat their ass. So whatever wins. I hate it. Go him. balls, guys. Juice, you got a, got a score? As a former player, man, I don't, I don't get in all that. I'm always ride or die. With 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 us, man. I just wanna. I'm just gonna leave, you know, with a Deion Sanders quote. Hey, I believe, even when nobody believe, I believe. So, you know, let's 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 find a way to get it done. Uh, you know, let's if we're if we can do our assignments and 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 do what we and practicing doing and everybody can do their job and go down there with a different swagger to mindset. You never know what can happen, but I'm always going with my school. And as a former player, man, I, Hey man, it, Tennessee versus anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, thanks for joining us. How come, uh, make sure y'all come to Knoxville room service. Look at this. Taste it. You can taste all this stuff, man. All this yes. stuff. I have to come up there next week. Yeah, come up here, man. We got everything. All right. Thanks for joining us, Thank Juice. You, man. I appreciate it, man. Where y'all watching the Thanks, game at? Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be uh, – I'm, okay, I'm at a wedding. Row two in yeah. the end zone. Yeah. Everybody be safe, man. I got to ride down to Atlanta, and I got to go to a family member's uh, wedding. So I'll be watching the game in Atlanta uh, at a UT Florida uh, tailgate party at some bar. That's a Tennessee bar. But everybody be safe. You know, let's uh, get back together sometime soon, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. No Thank problem, you. man. Y'all take All care. All about 50. Balls by 50. <laughs>